I sent you one of my um, kind of Pastor Scott loving his church emails on Friday. Some of you read those carefully. Some of you wait for them later. Some of you delete them. I'm not hurt by that. I get a lot of things in my inbox too. But uh, this one, I sort of chose a little bit of a theme of deeper in Christ and further in mission. It's a phrase that uh, Gary... um, Walter, our president, our denominational president, share sometimes that our goal is to always be going deeper in Christ and further in mission, and these two relate to each other. And I share with you there are some things happening in life of our church. Obviously, our, our mission work is going further in mission, but some of the things we're doing in Sunday school and here in worship have to do with going deeper in Christ. One of the things I mentioned there, by the way, was um, we're considering a time change for summer. We've done this several times in the past, but not every year. And so you got there's a little, if you don't read anything in my email, go back because there's a link there for a survey monkey, say 930 or stick with 10.30. So uh, the want more day people over here and the want more sleep people are over here. So we'll let you know this, the results. Anyway, we are coming back to this theme of deeper together. We looked at it in February or in January and February with some basic discipleship themes and Pastor Diana and Kayla and I decided we'd come back to it here now for these next six, seven weeks uh, as we seek it going deeper together that actually empowers us to go uh, further in our mission. Uh, in February and January, we looked at some themes of stewardship and worship, community and prayer, and we're revisiting this theme, uh, but specifically talking about meeting God in some spiritual practices that we will be looking at together, particularly talking about meeting God in scripture, meeting God in solitude and silence, meeting God in worship, meeting God in prayer, and then we're wrapping it up with what we call the rule of life, a sort of a a plan for how we do our life uh, with engagement with God to affect everything that we do, no matter who we are or where we work or go to school. So that's kind of where we're headed these next several weeks. So what we're beginning with today is we're going to look, look at the, the words of Scripture. We're beginning here by saying that as followers of Christ, we're learning spiritual practices that can take us deeper in our life with Him. And today we're going to explore how we can meet God in the reading of Scriptures, how we can actually meet God, not just learn about Him, but meet Him. So we're going to look at, first of all, at reading our Bibles as a way of gaining information, but also of being transformed. The Bible is a place not only of information, but transformation. Secondly, we're reminded that in reading our Bibles, we are building a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, we're going to experience a little bit of what it means to do what we call a holy reading, of reading it and listening for what God might say uh, to us. So that's where we're headed here. And I'll be uh, preaching for a while, and then Pastor Diana will come and lead us through one of these practices as we conclude. I grew up going to church most every Sunday and went to Sunday school like a good little kid, but it really wasn't until high school that I really learned that I could have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I mark the spring of my sophomore year as when I really received Christ as Savior and Lord, and I was in a a good fellowship group of of other Christians, and, and I learned some of the things you're supposed to do as a new Christian. One of the things you're supposed to do is have quiet times, Okay. Uh, so I, and I learned that a quiet time was you took, set some time aside. Uh, the really spiritual people did it really early in the morning. And, uh, but uh, you were set aside some time to read your Bible and to be in prayer and connect with God. As I, as I grew as a Christian, went off to college, and then eventually to seminary, I learned more and more, obviously, that it wasn't just spending time reading the Word, but really studying the Word and getting to know the Word. And eventually, when I got to seminary, of course, there was lots of study of the Word. It had to be an academic pursuit for me for a season. In fact, I went to two different seminaries just to get it right. I learned over time that it was both a gathering of, of information and, and what, what needed to be learned, but it also had a power to transform me from within. 
So there's, first of all, uh, when we're reading the Bible, there's a studying and knowing the word. This is the work of learning what it says, of gathering information about the scriptures. Often we learn the background about the original meaning. We, we learn about the context. Who wrote this? Why did they write it? What was the situation they wrote to? And then when we're, we're really smart, then we can say things like, in the original Greek. And then you go, wow, he knows Greek. No, he just knows how to find it online. So, you know, you, just, you, you find like you learn all these things and then, and then you learn what it meant then and then what it means now. And so you can study scriptures this way. You can study it as history. You can study it as literature. You can study it as theology and put the pieces together to understand who God is. It can be fun for some and for life-giving to study that word and to study the word and to dig into like that, it like that. But it can also become lifeless and academic. An atheist can study the word of God like that too. It can become lifeless and academic. Information gathering is great, but it's not enough for the follower of Christ who wants to go deeper, who wants to go to a place where God does his work of transformation, changing us from the inside. So we not only study it to come to know it, but we study it so that we understand it and we can become changed by the word as well. Some of you know the name Ruth Haley Barton. We've referred to her before. She wrote a book called Sacred Rhythms, which we worked our way through as a board of spiritual life over the last year, year and a half. And I think the Women's Bible Study is going to be doing that next on Tuesday morning. Starting when? This Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay, week from Tuesday. But in this book about spiritual practices, uh, Ruth um, refers to the difference between reading a newspaper and reading a love letter. We read the newspaper, we we get the highlights, we pick and choose, and often when we read the paper, the author doesn't matter, or sometimes it matters if you're reading an op-ed piece or an opinion, but often you don't really even look at who happened to write a certain article. You're just sort of getting the information. We read parts of the paper. I don't know many people who actually read it cover to cover anymore, but uh, I I still get a, a print paper and I read it every morning, but I don't read the whole thing or I wouldn't get to work till probably noon. But we, we, we take it, we toss it aside, and it goes into the recycle bin. Now, these days, it can do something to emotionally, particularly when you're reading some of the political stuff. It can really evoke all kinds of emotional reactions. But it really still is just news. It's still either good news or bad news, and it seems like there's more of that. It's even just opinions, and even though they might attach, affect me emotionally, they're really pretty much removed from my world. That's the newspaper. But a love letter, a love letter we anticipate A love letter lands smack dab in the middle of my life. A love letter is all about the one who wrote it and the one who sent it. A love letter affects me on the inside. It draws me close. It captures my deeper places and we save it. Now letters are a little bit of a thing of the past. It could still be a love email or a love text or a love Instagram or whatever, but then other people see that, I guess, right? (laughs) Whatever is an expression of one heart to another, vastly different from a newspaper. And likewise, when we come to scriptures, they have very important facts and truth, much more important, obviously, than what the newspaper would give us. The scriptures are important facts and truth, but they also are, at the same time, a love letter from God, intended to reach deep inside each of us. Intended to reach inside deeply to us and to draw us closer to God. And they are also words, like a love letter you might go back and read over and over again. The scriptures draw us back over and over again to read the reassurances of God's love and God's plan. Some of you know the German pastor and author Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yesterday, actually, was the anniversary of his execution. He was 
only 39 years old and killed by hanging by the Nazi government in Germany. Prior to that time, he had led resistance, the confessing church, uh, opposing what the Nazis were doing, and finally it caught up with him and he lost his life. He was a prolific pastor, speaker, and writer in those 39 short years. And one of his classic books is called Life Together. Life to, how do we do this life together? We're talking about going deeper together, not just deeper as a, an individual in our walk with Christ, but deeper together. And Bonhoeffer has these words to share about the scriptures. The word of scripture should never stop sounding in your ears and working in you all day long. Just like the words of someone you love. And just as you do not analyze the words of someone you love, but accept them as they are said to you, accept the word of Scripture and ponder it in your heart as Mary did. That is all. Do not ask, how shall I pass this on? But what does it say to me? Then ponder this word long in your heart until it has gone right into you and taken possession of you. Yes, the word of God has information but it's also a place where we can meet God and be transformed as well. Reading our Bibles can lead to information transformation. Reading our Bibles is also, of course, a place of building this relationship with Christ. When I came to Christ as a 16-year-old, I was told now that I had a relationship with him. And I've, for these last several years, just figured out what that means as I've moved into that and let the Word speak into it. Even for a devoted follower, though, the, the, the Bible is going to be more than a guidebook and a fact book. It's building a relationship with the one who made me, the one who loves me most, the one who is transforming me into his image. And it takes more than just reading. It takes reading, in a sense, listening in a different way. Reading and listening and asking questions of the Scripture, not just, what does it say, what does it mean, how do I apply it to my life? That can be that quick, quiet time. What does it say? What does it mean? How would I apply it? But questions maybe that that go a little bit deeper into our inner being, into our soul. Questions like, how do I feel about what's being said? Where do I find myself resonating deeply with what's said here? Where do I find myself resisting a little bit to what it says and pulling back and wrestling with what Scripture might be saying? And then asking ourselves, why do I feel this way? What part of my inner life My inner being is being touched or spoken to through this scripture. What do these reactions I'm having tell me about me? (laughs) What do these reactions I'm having tell me about my own behavior, my own perspective on things, my own set opinions I already have, or my relationship patterns? It's a paying attention to, at that level, of not only what the word says, but paying attention a little bit to some of our internal dynamics. Now, reading that and doing that might sound a little risky. For some, it might sound a little touchy-feely flaky. Shouldn't scripture all be about the truth that's there? And wouldn't this method be a little too emotion-driven? Well, we, we keep them in balance, people. <laughs> we affirm the authority of the scriptures of God and the truth, and we continue to study it for that. We still study for that truth. But to dig into this way might feel a little threatening, but we keep it in balance with that truth. We let the word do its work. We ask questions. We don't make major decisions on those things, but we let God speak into who he is forming us to be and calling us to do and to push us forward in areas where we need to get past some of the areas of weakness or fear or whatever it might be. Or it might be affirmation that we're headed in the right direction. We are safe to do this with God as we hold to the truth of scriptures and don't try to disinterpret our own version of it. 
God truly does want to transform us from the inside. Remember, we're called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what it says in Deuteronomy 6, but we, and Jesus repeats it again. It's the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and even more comes into play. It is in our heads, it is in our hearts, it is in our bodies as we do it with our strength, even our deepest places, even in the things we're curious about, and yes, even our imagination. It's okay to touch in to the area of imagination. He calls us to be all in, all in. Now, May 1st is coming, which is May Day. And uh, I remember back, my elementary school had a, a festival on May Day. Anybody else do that? Was this a 50s thing, or was it only my school? Apparently, anyway, uh, we did this May Day thing. And, uh, and I can remember that the older kids got to do that. They got to do the May pole. It was the tetherball pole that was just borrowed for this day. And uh, tetherball was big back in my elementary school. And we even had one at home. And, uh, and the older kids got to do this where they weave back and forth and, and, and put this thing together. But my memory is, I never don't remember, maybe they canceled it by the time I got to fifth or sixth grade but i remember being a kindergartner because each grade level had a different dance they did the big kids the fifth and sixth graders got to do that but the kindergartners did the hokey pokey that's where i first learned the hokey pokey you know that you know you put your right hand in you put your right hand in put your right hand in and what do you do with it you shake it all about you do the hokey pokey turn yourself around that's what it's all about i looked at a sign that said what if the hokey pokey is what it's all about isn't that great yeah So you work through all the body parts until finally at the end, what do you do? You put your whole self in, you take your whole self out, you put your whole self in and you shake it all about and do all the rest of that stuff. I thought about that, of putting our whole self in to a holy reading of the word. And that's not hokey at all, is it? And so I came up with another line. You do the holy reading and it shakes you up a lot. That's what it's all about. (laughs) You put your whole self in. And sometimes we want to pull our whole self out because it threatens us a little bit and gets into those deeper places. But then we put our whole self in and we let it shake us up a lot and let us mold us into who God wants us to be. It's a holy reading. It's a holy reading because it's building a relationship with the holy God. It's a holy reading because we set it apart and it's to build a relationship with the one who knows me best and loves me most. Loves me, knows me best and loves me most. There are raised ways to read it that are holy, that set up, that, that, that uh, to be holy means to be set apart, that's set apart so that it helps us meet God in effective ways. And so we just want to look at a couple ways of doing a holy reading as we read our Bibles. We're reminded here, first of all, what the writer to the Hebrews said, that the Word of God is alive and active. The Word of God is alive and active. And that second Timothy verse says that it's useful for reproof and correction and for dynamic living. The word is called, calls us to do something. It affects us. One of the ways of experiencing the word is what we call Lexio Divina, which is just a Latin word for holy reading, or really reading holy. But, you know, the word order is different in languages. Lexio is reading. Divina is holy or is of God. Lectio Divina is just simply a way to approach a scripture. You can do it alone or you can do it in a group. And I know Pastor Diana has led groups here in church through it before. The women who just did the two steps forward book. I'm sure you probably did some Lectio Divina. And we're just going to try it right now. Just kind of simply, just with one verse here. Uh, um, in fact, it'll be just the first verse that when Daniel read the scripture lesson this morning from 1 John. This first verse is, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's the verse that we're going to look at. And here's some of the things we do. Let me walk through them, and then we're, we're just going to do it, okay? We're just going to take a little bit of time. 
to get to know this word. The first thing we do is simply a silent prayer of getting ourselves uh, focused and a willingness to hear. Then we read it through once or twice, and as we read through it the first time, we just listen for a word or phrase, or as somebody else reads it for us, we listen for a word or phrase that stands out to us. We write that word down or lock it away here. We read it again, and this is the time where we begin to listen uh, to some images of just how, how this might be touching our life today. And then finally we read it again, and this time as we read it slowly, we listen for an invitation, asking ourselves, what is God calling me to do or to be? Let's just spend a, just a few minutes with 1 John 4, 7. Take a moment to prepare yourself. Now, I'm going to read it, so you don't need to, unless you're a visual person, need to look at it there. It's written in your outline or on the screen. I'm just going to read, listen for a word or phrase that stands out to you. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. I'm going to read it one more time, word or a phrase. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Okay, got a word? Let me read it again. and Listen for where it might be touching you today. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And finally, let me read it one more time as we listen, perhaps for an invitation. I'm doing this very quickly, but I want you to get a feel for it. Some invitation from God, some call from God. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Lord, I pray for my friends now who have perhaps heard some sort of a a nudge or an encouragement from you in terms of their love for others, their love for you. Maybe it's simply being called a dear friend. Lord, help us to listen well and to be willing to ask those questions. Amen. I had a pretty profound experience, actually, both of listening prayer earlier in the week and then doing some Lexio Divina later in the week that I want to share with you or share parts with you because it goes pretty deep inside of me. Last Monday, I decided to kind of set the day aside. Actually, I only had to be part of the day because of some other things I have. I set part of the day aside, turned off my phone, shut my laptop, and just decided I would sit in solitude with God. We're going to talk about solitude uh, in a couple weeks here, but just decided to spend some time and to listen to what God might have for me in that day. 
took a while because my mind goes off to everything else and it travels, but it takes a while sometimes to kind of get our thoughts and ourselves in a place of quiet and, and readiness to hear. And I thought it was just going to be this wonderful experience with God, but you know what happened? He kind of took me to some hard places. He took me some places deep inside of me, some of my own kind of ways of reacting, thinking. Um, he took me to some places where I tend to be a little too cautious sometimes. Uh, and even sometimes where I'm fearful, not of big things like heights or flying or things like that, but sometimes fearful of actions I might take or actually even I think it's tied to perhaps a fear of failure and things that I might want to try and so I might be reluctant to pass, to, to, to follow through. So we spent some time sort of muddling around with some other things going on in there that I, uh, but it really kind of came down to this inner core where God was really getting me at some places where I struggling and some things that probably hold me back and I realized some of it was some caution and following through with things this fear of failure and it was silly but well maybe it's not silly but this is actually what led to my deciding to do this reading group on the book when helping hurts I've wanted to do this for a long time as soon even before I finished the book but especially after I finished the book and I was a little reluctant to name a day a time and a place and for some reason I don't know what I was holding back on because I'm going to lead it and it means I'm committed to the nine o'clock hour God said and so that's why we're doing it, starting the next week. So, so God told me to do it, so he might be telling you to read the book. No, seriously, it was really a, a profound experience. So, okay, so that happened, and I put things in action. I invited a few people who had already expressed interest in the book, and we're going to get together. Even if it's just a few of us, you're welcome to join us. The link is in that email I sent on Friday. If you need it again, I'd be happy to give it to you. Well, Friday, I decided I would do a Lexio uh, of another, of an, I just decided, not, not this one, because I was studying this for the, the, the sermon, but I, I just picked a story from Scripture, and I picked the story of Jesus calming the storm, and I just took time to just kind of approach it as we just did briefly on this one verse from, um, from 1 John 4. And as I read through it, it's, um, this is Jesus, you know, asleep in the boat, and the storm comes up, and the disciples wake him and say, Lord, Lord, save us, and he stops the storm, and... I'm reading it through for one word, and the word disciple comes up about three different times there in a short time. I thought, maybe disciple's the word. I said I'd go back and read it again. And after Jesus calmed the storm, Jesus says, why are you so afraid? <laughs> it just kind of went right back to Monday when I had been listening to God and wrestling with some things. Why are you so afraid? Don't you believe? And then you know what it says about the disciples? Then the disciples said, oh, this is Jesus. We understand. We're calm. No, you know what it says? Then the disciples were terrified and said, who is this guy? That's how the story ends. They were still terrified, not of the storm anymore, but of this guy who stopped the storm. And sometimes our fear is that place of what might God do if I really let him take control of things. And so God and I wrestled with that one, and it led to some other actions that I knew I needed to take. I've taken a little long, and I apologize, but I just want you to know that this stuff is real. God does speak to us in the quiet, and he does speak to us through the word. And Lexio is one of the ways that it can happen. Another way of approaching the word is something we call dwell in the word. I'm going to invite Pastor Diana to come up, and she's going to lead us through an exercise, an experience of what it means to dwell in the word of God. I'm glad you just talked about fear, because the first time I dwelled in the word... Um, doing it this way, I was very fearful because I was in a room full of pastors, and I thought for sure this isn't going to go well. Um, 
But this morning, as I lead us through this practice, I want you all to not be fearful because there's not an exact perfect way for each of us to do this. This is so that you, with your community, get to talk about the scriptures. And it's a fun way to talk about the scriptures. So on the back side of the notes, Pastor Scott has typed out the whole passage for us. We're going to work from the same passage um, that Daniel read, and then Pastor Scott um, gave us a, a little more focused Point. But I encourage you to grab, there's those little pencils or if you have a pen, because you might want to jot down a couple of notes as, as I read this passage of scripture just one more time. And um, uh, we're going to put up two questions up on the screen. And these two questions are the two questions, you get to, you get to pick one of these questions. So number one, where does your imagination go when, when I read this passage? Or what question or questions would you want to ask a biblical scholar? So if, if you are, you're that creative type and you just like to imagine things, you can take that question. Or if you're someone who loves to go deep theologically, you can take the question about the biblical scholar. Almost always when I do this, it gets reversed in my head of what I think I'm going to do when I go in. So, so, let, so just let it happen. Let God speak to you. I'm going to read it one more time. And you're just going to jot down notes, whether you want to jot down notes about the imagination question or jot down notes about what you would ask a biblical scholar from this passage. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, so also ought to love one another. Okay, so just jot down just one or two bullet points about one of these questions, whichever question you like better. And now here's where it gets scary. Are you ready? Deep breath. You're going to turn to one person and you're going to talk to them about the note you just jotted down. This can be the person you walked through the door with. So hopefully that's not really scary. Um, Or you could decide, I really want to talk to that person over there. And you can decide to go approach that person. If they're like looking at the floor, leave them alone. Um, But if if you uh, find someone you would like to engage with this conversation, it is one minute. One minute. You're going to tell the other person about the passage of scripture according to the question that you chose. So you're going to turn to that person and you're going to say, here's where my imagination went when we read that scripture. Or this is the question that I would ask a biblical scholar. I'm actually going to do a timer. And at the end of the timer, I'll say switch. And then the other person will go. Here's the hard part. You have to listen. Okay. There's like a mini quiz at the end of what the other person said. So you actually have to listen. So that's another scary part. Are we ready? Here we go. Turn to that other person. Turn to that other person. There, people are moving. Excellent. If you need to move, move. If you don't need to move, 
Go, first person, talk for one minute, uninterrupted. Just share about what you think. Ten seconds. Switch. The other person gets to talk about it for one minute, uninterrupted. Ten seconds. Okay, here comes the really, 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 really scary part. Your pair, find another pair. Yeah, I know. Now you have to meet two new people, but you get to take your buddy with you and you find another pair. They can be nearby and you're just saying, this is what they said. Okay, you're just summarizing really fast. So I'm going to give you two minutes total for your whole group to go around and say, this is what they said. All right, you got it? Go ahead. Don't be afraid. You might have to move. Two minutes. You're halfway, so make sure you're halfway. You got two more people can go.
30 seconds. Five seconds. All right. Did everybody pass the quiz? Was that the hard part? <laughs> Did you pass? So I'll just tell you from my perspective up here, that was super fun. You know why? Because an entire congregation was talking about the Word of God together. That was like a pastor's dream that just happened. Um, it was so exciting, right? Right? Like, oh, I think I'm wake me up. Okay, so that was that was really fun on my part. But for you, did anybody like all of a sudden when when you were then? Well, even at the first part, did you feel like you learned something new or thought about something differently? You maybe thought about something differently? Okay, one person. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. All right. Phew. I was like, wow, that was terrible then. <laughs> they must have been talking about nothing. Um, and then when you went around the four, did that feel like, whoa, four different people's perspective on the same little passage of Scripture? So what I love about this, this piece um, this spiritual practice is you do get to go deeper as an individual, but you actually go deeper together um, with each other, with God. You met with God in that moment and with each other. And um, I encourage you to try this in your Bible studies, try this in your small groups. And really, like if you're a parent, you could even try this around the dinner table. You know those devotions you always try to do and they give you a hard time? Well, what if you asked a fun question? I mean, you might change it up a little bit, but they all have Im- imaginations and they, they can understand pieces of the Word of God. And it's fun because they get to participate. So um, don't see this as just something we tried one time here at church, but that this could be a way that you are transforming the way you live, and the way that your family starts to engage with Scripture, or maybe your small group or your Bible study, can be a way to go deeper in and with each other. So let's pray. God, we thank you that you love when your people go deep into the Word of God, and you love when your people go deep with each other. We ask you, Lord, this morning that that these two new spiritual practices go deep and we take them home with us, that we practice them with our, our friends and our family. And we engage deeply with you in your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who loves to meet us in deep places. In your name we pray. Amen.